It's wonderful to be part of a church family that includes somebody by the name of Daniel Goodman, who I've got to know reasonably well over quite a few years, I guess. Um, I'd love to spend more time with this guy. But what I do know is that he's a guy of absolute integrity, who I would trust as much as anybody on this earth, and you can trust him too. He is a guy of real kindness, and I'm really looking forward to what he's going to bring to us from God's Word this morning. So, Daniel, please come and speak to us. That's really kind. Really appreciate that. Are we having a good time? Really, really fantastic. Grab your Bibles. You're going to need that. We've been in Proverbs today. It feels amazing to be together like this again. It's just absolutely wonderful. And I know that this is a tiny corner of a tiny apostolic sphere in a tiny family of apostolic networks that make up part of God's global church. But it's still fantastic, isn't it? I I have longed for a day like today where we come together as churches to move forward. And as I said about our own church in Cambridge... We're not that interested in events. However great an event could be, it has a sort of a hit-and-run effect unless it's part of a process. And that is why I am so excited about today because my parents went to be missionaries in Africa, leaving behind Kemsing Free Church a little evangelical free church in a tiny village in Kent. And when they came back to that church, it had become part of New Frontiers and had begun to be led by Norman, who I think of as my first pastor. I would have been about uh, probably 10 or 11 when I properly came back into that church. And for all that I saw as part of a missionary culture, the thing that was missing was the church. And so when I came back from that into 1980s, Norman Blows led New Frontiers church, my little mind was blown. And we met in a nightclub, and every time you moved, you had to like wrench your foot from the sticky floor because of all the spilled beer from the night before, because probably the nightclub... Closed about an hour before people started to arrive to set up for church. I had no idea what a nightclub was, so that didn't make any sense to me at all. But I just was captivated by the church. And so were my parents. This is part of why their journey was changing. And so I've been part of a church that joined New Frontiers. I went to Downs Bible Week, which was a precursor to a precursor to this. 
as a 10-year-old boy, allowed to go on my own with a friend who had a tent, and we camped together and cooked baked beans all week. And I can remember songs that we sang that week, All Heaven Declares the Glory of the Risen Lord. Who can compare? I mean, I was only 10, but I felt like people took my spirituality seriously. I wasn't a child in their eyes. They were gracious enough to treat me like someone who was pursuing God and to worship like someone who was pursuing God. And then to come through Stonely, for, for Terry to say in 2001, Stonely's going to come to an end. And I think previously New Frontiers had been one or two churches growing and growing. And by the time we came to Stonely being closed, New Frontiers had about 300 churches gathering together. Terry said, we're going to call this to a stop and we're going to go again. By 2011, something like 800 churches would have called themselves part of New Frontiers. And then Terry multiplied the spheres. And in 2015, according to Terry's blogs, there are 1,500 churches now who would call themselves part of New Frontiers. So this feels small. This is small. But this is a tiny corner of a tiny corner of a bigger picture that's part of a process that I've been part of since I was a child. And it is so, however long you've been part of that particular strand of the story, you've been part of God's story the same length of time and more than I have. And you've come, we've all come together at this place and at this time now. Isn't that fantastic? I've had one or two ridiculously unhelpful people come up to me this weekend with all the wisdom of a stone and say to me, wow, Pete Gregg was brilliant yesterday. You're not as good as him, are you? (laughs) Shall I name them? (laughs) I am not as good as him. And it's not about that, is it? I mean... Francis Chan says, coming to a meeting like this shouldn't be like going to a cinema. It should be like going to the gym. You come to make an investment. You come to work at something to get somewhere. You don't come to be entertained and to make a judgment. So I believe by faith that we will look at God's word this morning and it will do us good. But I also believe by faith that you have come by faith... Because you want to be changed. You want to grab hold of whatever this fool on the stage is going to say and hear God's wisdom for you and have your life changed because of how you respond to it. So when I said about our church that my question is, are you good listeners? I really mean that. It's, it's, now, however good I might be or might not be, I'm not that good. If you have receptive hearts, God will speak to you. God will speak to you. Should we pray for that? Father, we we do come celebrating liberty this morning. And we ask for you to speak into our hearts to make yourself known to us. And thank you for whatever story we might be part of. I've just explained mine. That there are those moments where you speak again. And I pray that this morning 
would be one. We would grab it from you, Father. We would hear you on Father's Day. We would hear our Father speak into us. And all God's people said, Amen. In the book of Corinthians, halfway through, 15 chapters in, don't look it up because we're going to go to Proverbs in a second. Halfway through, 15 chapters in, Paul has the audacity to say this. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you. You would have thought the gospel would have been verse 1. But 15 chapters into this, he's saying, I want to remind you of the gospel which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved if you hold fast to the word I preach to you. And that's what I want to do this morning. I want us to be reminded of the gospel. I was thinking in that song, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, and how liberty is such a precious Christian doctrine. But if we reduce that to I am free to dance, well, what's that? If I get drunk, I'm also free to dance. You are free to dance, but there are other things that can give you that freedom, that disinhibition. We are free, not from inhibitions, from death, from wrath, from being enemies of God, from guilt, to being made alive and being friends of God, that is liberty. And of course we're going to dance about it, and of course we're going to sing about it, but if we're singing and dancing because we're free to sing and dance, you've missed the point, haven't we? And if you genuinely understand, and I get glimpses of this myself from time to time, how desperate your need was and how glorious it is what God has has done for you you dance you feel you want to celebrate that liberty so everything I say this morning wants to be in that context of what God has done for us and I I boasted about being very clever I do that because it's patently not true. Though I lead a church in Cambridge, I had to marry into the intelligentsia. My wife's got a PhD, but I went to art school, okay? So I draw things, and uh, I think in pictures. And so I want us to look at Proverbs chapter 4, and uh, the point of this is to say Given that story of New Frontier's interrelational mission and where it's got us to now, this corner of it, I want to say to us, whatever we do next, we have to do it with the right heart. Here on Father's Day, we're going to turn to Proverbs 4 and chapter, uh, Proverbs 4.23, where a father is advising his son. This is a father's heart to his son. And we have a father who speaks to us. Imagine a son and a father walking hand in hand down the road 
And uh, you can see that they love each other and there's a relationship there. And then the father picks the son up and gives him a squeeze and a cuddle and a kiss and a laugh. Has he become the son in that moment? Has he become loved? He was already loved. He was already a son. But there are these moments where it goes from being a reality to being an experience. Like when Jesus is baptized and the father says, this is my son whom I love. There are these moments. This is a moment between a father and son here where he's advising his son. And I want us not just to know it, but to know it. I've come up with my own translation of this because I did all the preparation based on a a confused memory verse that I had. So I've taken, if you can put the slide up just with the verse... The first part is from the NIV and the second part is from the ESV. I just want to be clear about that, okay? No one's going to find it like that in their Bible. But for the sake of today, the father says to his son, above all else, guard your heart, for from it flow the springs of life. So just in terms of these really simple images, first, guard your heart, that's what, what you do. And then the why, because from it flow springs of life. Why is it that our Father wants to say anything to us? In this verse, it's because he wants to impress upon us that this really matters. And that that has an impact on this. So some of the translations of that second part of the verse, and I think the NIV 2011 is actually really brilliant, um, say things like he, can you put up the slide with the heart and all the notes around it? Um, It talks about God directing Everything we do flows from it. It talks about the issues of life, the course of our life, the source of our life. We need to first guard our heart because that will determine the course of our lives. Does that make sense? So this is what God cares about. It's incredibly important. What's happening in your heart is incredibly important. It affects everything. And what we do next, what we do next, we need to do from a right heart. Ewan, can you come up and give me a hand? Let's welcome Ewan back onto stage. He's been doing a great job. (laughs) He's in the toilet, isn't he? Oh, no, there he is. (laughs) I was thinking about how we could illustrate this, and I thought about how sensitive our hearts are. And uh, apparently some people's hearts aren't as sensitive as mine when they come up to me and say things like, Pete Gregg was better than you. But uh, most of us have sensitive hearts. And um, we need to care 
about their condition. Because it affects everything. So, I just thought, maybe like a guitar, and I'm not allowed to touch this one, because of the uh, insurance policy. But like a guitar, it, it takes care, you need to take care of it for it to work. Now, imagine if I came along... And uh, just slightly hurt. If I was just to hurt Ewan's feelings, and his heart was to go slightly out of tune, can, can you just, you've obviously realized that this isn't working. So like a good Christian, you decide to do something else. So why don't you play a nice song for us? Play a song, any song. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. That song isn't working, isn't it? So let's play another song. Just choose a different song because that song wasn't working. Okay. Let's, let's thank him and send him back to uh, purgatory. was something, something happened in his heart and it affected him, okay? And having heard that, because he had enough self-awareness as a musician sometimes, <laughs> because of that, he decided that song isn't working, therefore do another song. But the song wasn't the problem, was it? It was the tuning. And so sometimes I, could see, I see Christians doing their ministry and something goes wrong, answer, change your ministry. And so often, that isn't the problem. So, let's just be really honest. And uh, this is, I guess, about integrity. What we do on the outside needs to be a reflection of the heart. And I'm telling you now, if the heart isn't right, it will come out. Imagine this is you, and I put a massive dent in it, which is what we do to each other sometimes, on purpose or accidentally. This is actually too heavyweight for me to actually manage it, I think. This is seriously, like, reinforced. But if this was thinner, I would show you. The thing is, once that's got a massive dent in it, every single jelly will have a dent in it. What, what's in you, you will reproduce in others. We'll reproduce in our churches. We'll reproduce in the churches we plant, in the networks we start, in all that we participate in. So this isn't just a hallmark moment. The heart affects everything. I really, really Really, really believe that. Do you believe that? We're just not going to get away with it. And why should we? 
So often we try to do things to get approval, we try to do things to look good, we try to do things to feel better about ourselves. But that all comes from a lie. And that lie is, you don't have those things already. We do have those things already. Jesus Christ gave me his righteousness perfectly. And so nothing I do adds to that righteousness. Nothing I do adds to my significance in his sight. Nothing I do sets me more or less free. Nothing I do makes me more or less a child of God. He has made us children of God, given us his family name, given us perfect right standing with him. When he looks at our sin, he sees the righteousness of Jesus. As far as the east is from the west, our sins are taken away from us. So who, I mean, who are we trying to impress? Honestly. I can't remember who it was who said it, but I certainly heard Terry say, get happy in God. It says of David that when he was having a hard time, he strengthened himself in the Lord. And I think we need to just keep reminding ourselves of what God has given us. Not what God will one day give us when I finally get a chance to preach. But when that leader recognizes this gifting in my life. But Jesus has done this stuff for us. And if we don't believe it, it's about our unbelief. It's not about his provision. If we don't believe that Jesus is a perf- that God is a good father and loves us perfectly and has given us perfect right standing with him, if we don't believe that, we actually need to repent. We think of repentance sometimes as confession, but actually repentance is a change of direction. I did believe this, but I'm choosing to believe that. If church leaders could click their fingers and have everybody in the church completely, 100%, totally understand that they are utterly loved by God and there's nothing they need to do to add to that and they're 100% secure in him the church would be transformed. Now, the difference between the reality, which is that that has happened, Jesus has done all those things for us, but we struggle to believe it, the difference between those two things is one of belief. It's one of faith. Because our heart is critically important. In Proverbs, which is a book I love. Norman, can I just have your watch? I'm not sure what the time is. <laughs> I can't see any clocks. But in Proverbs... Oh, I've got to finish five minutes ago. In Proverbs, it talks about... Above all else, get wisdom. You know, so many times he's like... Get wisdom. Whatever else you do, get wisdom. And he's like... You've got to guard your steps, and you've got to guard your mind, and you've got to guard your friendships, and you've got to guard your ways, and you've got to guard your hands, the things you do, but above all else, guard your heart. Yes, guard your ways. Yes, guard your hands. Yes, guard your minds. Yes, guard your friendships. But above all else... Guard your heart. 
your inner self, your convictions, emotions, relationships, your quote-unquote private universe, because there's nothing private about it if we're honest. And it's not just... Well, some of the examples of this sort of thing happening in the Bible might include Mary. This teenage girl getting on with her life. An angel appears to her and says, you're going to give birth to the Son of God. Now, just, just contrast for a second Mary and the other Joseph in the Bible way back in Genesis, Joseph of the coat, right? Joseph has a dream about how great he's going to be. And he's all like, look at me, I'm going to be great! And Mary, Mary guards it in her heart. I mean, the difference between those two responses is staggering, isn't it? That was an unguarded heart. That was a guarded heart. It says that David, King David, was a man after God's own heart. That's almost like the most amazing thing that could be said about King David. This man after God's own heart. And so because it affects everything we do, because it's about our inner self which comes out, which is the thing that God looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Because of that, we need to set a guard on it. There's, there's two meanings in this word. One is, imagine you are a prison guard and you are charged with keeping a prisoner in. That's part of what it means to guard. And the other part of what it means to guard in that verse is to protect from. So there's a force coming against you and you protect it from that force. And I think there's, there's those two things often going on in our hearts. To shield, to protect, to listen to. I briefly tried to be a professional musician and I must admit I failed. But one of the things they tell musicians and they tell artists in a different way is to listen so when I went to art school, they gave me a pencil and they had a model there and they said, you want, you want to draw the model, but the first thing you're going to do is you're just going to look at the model for an hour and then you're going to do a five-minute sketch. So an hour and five minutes of drawing equals an hour of looking. For musicianship, someone said to me, Ewan will one day learn this. of being a good musician is listening, especially in a band. What what are other people playing? Where is this song going? What will my contribution be? So, if, if you've got to be a listener to be a good musician and a seer to be a good artist, I think that tells us that we need to pay attention to what's happening in our heart. That's part of what it means to guard it, just to be aware. Sometimes you, are, you find yourself around people and you realize they, they're a bit oblivious. 
about what's happening in their heart, even though it keeps coming out. If you could help, if we could help ourselves and help each other to understand what's happening, what's actually happening in my heart. Sometimes we're just not aware. So my wife and I were talking about what does it mean, and she said, it can't, it can't mean that you harden your heart. That can't be what it means to guard your heart. And of course it isn't because the Bible says you shouldn't do that. So us guarding our heart can't be about hardening our hearts or you know, taking ourselves out of the fight. That's not the point. But to be wise, to listen, to be aware so that you know when your heart's gone out of tune that before you try to, to do the next thing, that's the priority. But if you don't know that, you won't do it. And I think one of the ways we can do it is just to talk with our friends about it. I mean, the, just the more we talk, the more we put things out in the open, the, the better it's going to be. If you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. And that's what we want to do, isn't it? Don't we want to plant churches? Don't we want to see nations changed, including this nation? We want to do things and we want to go far. It's critical that we do that together in one heart. Not planting churches because we fell out. I know no one would countenance that, but that's the absolute opposite of what we want. And this has to happen first. Whatever you manage to pull off, do this. Whatever you are attempting, do this. Before you do the other things, do this. Above anything else, do this. The moment you try to go round this, that's the moment you're off the path. God is calling us back to who we are in him. And we will fall out with each other and we will be hurt by things that happen. The question isn't, will that happen? The question is simply, when that happens, what will my response be? And this father who loves us is contending for his son's heart and saying, above all else, my son, guard your heart. So, if I was like J. John and only had one sermon to preach a year and I could preach it every week for the next 53 weeks, then I'd have a massive visual aid up here of an in, the interior of a car with the four seats in a car. And I'd get four of you to come up and one would be ministry and the other would be the heart and the other one would be family or something. Different parts of our lives. 
And I would sort of begin to swap those people in the seats because there comes a time when this needs to be in the driving seat. So when Ewan's guitar had gone out of tune, we could have just like pressed through and sung an awful song with that terrible tuning because he's committed to his ministry. Or Ewan, and and the fruit of that wouldn't have been good. But Ewan, in that situation, if that was happening, even if we were all waiting in worship, we would have known, I need to stop and tune this guitar before the next thing can happen. Even if you have to wait a second for this to occur. So there's times where this needs to be in the driving seat of our lives, and too often, we don't get that right. We just press on. We're looking at the wrong gauge You've got your dashboard in front of you and the gauge of success is going up and up and the gauge of adulation is going up and up and the gauge of fruit might even be going up. But the the gauge that matters is your heart. And if that is out of tune, that needs to be addressed above all else before we get to anything else. And I believe firmly that relational mission, new frontiers, the rest of the global church will continue to plant gospel-centered, gospel-preaching churches which transform people's lives. We cannot commend to other people what we don't ourselves treasure. Some people use the slightly misguided phrase about leadership, which is leaders can't take people to somewhere they haven't been themselves. Have you ever heard that? Leaders can't take people to somewhere they haven't been themselves. Whether that's right or wrong, and I'm not sure it's right, I would say rather you can't commend to others what you don't treasure yourself. If you treasure the transformation that's happened in your heart because of the gospel, you can commend that to others and you will. If you treasure the word of God, if you treasure it, you will commend it to others and you can commend it to others. But if we don't treasure those things because we're not aware of what's happening, we just won't be able to commend it to others with any integrity. We, none of our ministry will have any integrity because it's a facade. So we must... We must, we must. Relational mission, above all else, guard your heart. Even when it's an amazing thing, like you will be the mother of the Son of God, even when it's an amazing thing, guard it, be wise, be watchful, listen. Your heart is very, very difficult for someone else to take responsibility for your heart. Because it will affect everything. Are we committed to that? On Father's Day, are we hearing our Father saying this to us? You precious, precious child, above all else, 
guard your heart, for from it flow springs of life. And whatever more life we have to flow through relational mission will come because our hearts are set on God. He is the king of our hearts. Our hearts are his. His eyes roam throughout the earth, looking to give strong support to those whose hearts are committed to him. Ewan's going to come up and lead us in a song. What I thought it would be great to do was to sing a song together before we respond in prayer so that you can take responsibility now for what you've heard. Has the Father spoken to you? Is there something he's put his finger on? Is there a relationship that's out of whack? Is there a, a string in your guitar that needs tuning? Maybe you want to come pray about that. Pray for wisdom, pray for courage, pray for strength. Let's be honest, God knows it all anyway. So let's stand and worship and fix our eyes on Jesus. After we've sung this song together, we'll respond in prayer.